This is episode number 41 of Down the Rabbit Hole. Carl, good morning. Good morning, Rafa. Beautiful morning. Beautiful winter's morning. Yeah. Not as cold as it's been. Maybe minus five. Uh-huh. Um, and it's nice and dry. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite a nice day. It's a nice day. Yeah. And if, wherever you are, if you're not in Cluj, yeah. disregard the information and look on your window. Yeah. <laughs> Let us know how is your weather if that's you as, want. That's as good as this forecast. Uh-huh. And last week we were talking about the worst things or the bad things that happened with science. Yeah. Uh, during 2016. And we actually had a bit of trouble actually. There seems to be there seem to be lots of kind of collations and collections of good science, but nobody seems to be doing exactly the bad stuff. Uh-huh. We struggled a little it's bit. It's like nobody really tries to see what was wrong. What went wrong, <laughs> yeah. They tried to see what was good. Yeah, which is Yeah, which is also okay, yeah. yeah. But it just makes life difficult. So we're going to talk about some of the discoveries because yeah. we found out that there were so many. Many. So let's see what were the most uh, yeah. noticeable So what are we going to start with? I think uh, gravitational waves. Gravitational waves. Good This one. was, uh, I think, one of the big ones. It's been some time in coming. They've been mm-hmm. looking for a number of years Yes. with these, um, I think it's called LIGO, isn't it? The instrument, which uh-huh. is the big L-shaped. L-shaped. With a split laser beam, and they fire it down these kilometer-long arms, and then... Mm-hmm. Reflect them back, and then they're looking for kind of um, jitter or of some kind, yeah. uh, or interference or whatever when they bring them back together. So this uh, discovery has mm. helped to make other new discoveries well, that came along. Actually, not only that, but it's opened up a whole new branch of uh, astronomy. Yeah, completely. Um, it's a new kind of instrument. Yeah, first of all. They provided the first uh, direct confirmation of the existence of black holes. That is certainly how it's being interpreted. That it is yeah, that, that this gravity wave that they've detected is probably uh-huh. the result of two black holes kind of orbiting around each other mm-hmm. and then maybe merging. Uh-huh, which exactly. Is obviously, a pretty big, uh, pretty big effect, right? Yeah. Um, so it kind of. I suppose the, from what I understand, this um, instrument mm-hmm. is the most sensitive instrument we can make, and yet clearly it is requiring a stellar event to actually trigger it. Yeah, um, it makes you, which means that I'd had this idea, mm-hmm. which I will share with you, <laughs> so that we can have a laugh, which was that. Um, Do you remember in uh, one of the Star Trek movies, First Contact? Uh Uh-huh, yes. Where the Vulcans came uh, looking at the Earth because they detected the first warp signature. Signature, yeah. And I was wondering about the gravity uh, detector and thinking, oh, I wonder if that was way more sensitive, whether you could use it to actually detect... Potentially warp signatures uh-huh. well, if I popping rem- off. You in, know. Yeah, if I remember in the in the movie, they were passing by. They were passing by in the solar system. Uh, so now the problem is our our gravity wave detector is um, 
you'd have trouble fitting it in a city. In a, yeah, never, of course. Never mind uh, in a, some spaceship, space vessel or something. Yeah. So we have a way to go. I uh-huh. think. I thought we. I don't think we will be detecting warp signatures anytime soon. But nevertheless, this is an amazing uh-huh. achievement, isn't and it? And this one led us to another discovery, right? Which is Planet Nine. Planet. We know that. <laughs> Pluto was, uh, let's say, removed the title of planet was it, long was it, ago. Was it this instrument that did that? Yeah, it was because of gra- gravitational waves. All right. Okay. Uh, that suddenly was discovered that we have a planet nine. Planet nine. We like the idea of planet nine. Uh-huh. Um, it's not confirmed that it's out there. No, I mean... But the evidence is... The evidence is there. Yeah. But we have not seen it. No. So there's an ob- there's potentially an object that would that account for the phenomena. Yeah, and it's affecting the uh, orbit. Mm. And uh, it's affecting Kuiper Belt object um, orbits, isn't it? Yeah. And the only way they can account for it is this object. Uh huh. They said that it should be larger than Neptune. Yeah. <laughs> and there was a very funny one: colder than hell, frozen over. <laughs> <laughs> I, I think that was unnecessary. And seems that the planet is orbiting in a highly elliptical path yeah. at a distance of 100 to more than 1,000 astronomical units. But if you remember, although somebody came out with it as being cold, colder than they frozen over, uh-huh. we actually looked at some other stuff, didn't we, that said that uh, these kinds of planets actually could actually have life on them. Because yeah. they could have internal heat generated either by leftover volcanic activity uh-huh. or um, energy being generated by heat generated by their cores. Their cores mm-hmm. could still be generating heat. Exactly. So it may, yes, it may be chilly. Chilly. But... Like, they have a very long winter probably, but... Uh, and <laughs> no summer to speak of. <laughs> so if I think we speculated there would be no sunglasses industry on that. Yeah. If there was a civilization. <laughs> True. <laughs> but a lot of barbecue. Lot of, oh yeah. <laughs> so yes. So this was another of the um, uh, yeah, because it, it was affecting the gravity of the of these Kuiper belt objects. Uh-huh, exactly. It? So we don't we've nobody spotted it yet. A lot of no. people are looking for it. Uh-huh. Um so we'll see. Maybe this yeah. year it will be spotted. Who knows? Maybe. Yeah. Of course, there was already people saying that this was uh, Nibiru, ex- no. Planet X. Planet X. Yeah, which, no, it's... Do you think they've now merged in the internet Obviously. conspiracy cloud? Everybody starts saying, oh, we told you it was something there. Yeah, we uh. told you, yes. So... You you do think Planet Nine and this Nibiru are now the same thing? I think a lot of people started to link them together, yes. And, of course, these people are easily confused anyway, so... Exactly. There's no point having two objects. No. Why, right? It's just making it complicated. Yeah. And two objects would amount to a conspiracy anyway. Because so. whatever discover people do on Planet Nine... Yeah. ...will reinforce their always their theories, right? Yeah, of course. Yeah. So, so yeah. I think it's good that yeah. we merge these two ideas... Yeah, so Besides this, we have the next one, which is about yeah. dinosaurs. Di- we like a dinosaur story. Yeah. Uh, they discover a tail feather yeah. in uh, 
Amber. In Amber. Amber. Yeah. 19 million year old Amber. Yeah, 99 million, I think it says there. 99 million year. Yeah, yeah sorry. Yeah. In Myanmar. They discover a lot of stuff in Myanmar, don't they? Uh-huh. Um, and of course, maybe most people know, but um, the modern descendants of dinosaurs are birds. Birds. Yeah, but the fact that you have already feathers in those times, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And this was quite a small creature, wasn't it? They think. Yeah, they think. It was a quite a... It was either a juvenile or a very small... Uh-huh. Sort of like a, uh, on the way towards a bird, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Do you think? Yes. Um, but the fact that the um, the detail of the uh, feather is clearly visible for inspection, yeah. it looks really quite amazing, really, doesn't it? Uh, there was one of those pictures of the same thing mm-hmm. uh, showing something like um, an ant. An ant? Yeah, something like that. I don't know, you, you see? Oh, yeah. God, yes. So there was an ant in there as well. Now, I wonder if it's from the same period or not. Well, it's in the same amber. Oh, exactly. <laughs> and it was interesting because they started to discover these things. Yeah. Because uh, uh, amber from prehistoric things started to be uh, latest fashion for rich people to get. What, with the stuff in? Yeah. With, with objects in there? Uh-huh. Because, of course, amber, obviously, is a well-used um, material for jewellery. Right? Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, but it tends to be, obviously, pure, transparent amber. Right? Yeah, exactly. Um, not ancient kind of stuff like this. Yeah. So they start to hunt for pieces of uh, so people are collecting fossilized these stuff things, there inside. Yeah, captures things in, in the amber. Yeah. Well, I presume there's an international market in it. Presumably. Yeah, there should be. You would have thought. Yeah. I remember that movie. The movie we talked also about, we talked about something like this, mm. uh, about Jurassic Park. Jurassic Park. And extracting yes. some DNA out of. Yes. But we know that's not doable. At the uh-huh. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Or else somebody would have done it, right? Uh-huh. Probably somebody in South Korea. <laughs> where they Whoa. seem to like doing things like that. I don't know. Maybe this is out of topic. <laughs> yeah, which is. But today I, I was reading the news about South Korea and Samsung. Uh, They are putting in jail the the CEO, head of, the head of something. Something, um, a senior guy. Uh, the, really, I think he's the second in command of Samsung. And what, it's something to do with this it's thing going on with the, the presidential it, scandal, isn't it? The, it has to do with the Galaxy As, uh, no, not the oh, Galaxy. the Galaxy phone. Is the... Um, how is it called? Um, the Gal- Galaxy Note. The Galaxy Note. The Galaxy Note 7. The volcanic phone. Yes, that yeah. was even forbidden in airlines. Yeah. Because they could explode and get into yeah. fire. And now, after all this time, Samsung is going to be finally this week, an official announcement of what happened. They're actually going to make an announcement. Yes, officially about the phones. But this guy's been charged for corruption and, you know, paying for political favors. Yeah, I think he is actually tied in with this. The president of uh, South Korea is uh-huh. entangled in this scandal yeah, with this a, woman uh-huh. who's a, a spiritual advisor or whatever it is. Uh-huh. I, don't know. I just remind this because you just said South Korea. Yeah, but, yeah. 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 And interestingly, this, um, it wouldn't surprise any of us, I suppose, in that 
there's probably a parallel between the kind of stuff that has gone on in Samsung with the battery mm-hmm. and the and falsifying probably test reports yeah, with because, the same thing as like Volkswagen and the yeah, exactly right. A previous report was showing that uh, or was exposed before, not by Samsung, yeah. but that. The lithium battery, yeah. it was so cramped and under pressure there that was getting in touch the, with uh, some carbon fiber or something like that. Uh-huh. And both substances and materials were uh, starting to Chemical create reaction, reaction right? and burst into flames. It's <laughs> unbelievable, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, I mean, these exotic materials that obviously they're having to use, uh-huh. um, commercial pressures potentially outweigh... Safety concerns, don't they? Yeah. And again, going back to the Volkswagen thing, mm-hmm. I have no doubt it was commercial pressures to meet deadlines. Of course. And profit uh-huh. uh, targets and investor uh, payouts uh-huh. that leads people to make these uh, bad decisions mm-hmm. like it did at Volkswagen. It wouldn't surprise me if this Samsung thing ends up being similar. Yeah, this guy probably had fantastic bonuses tagged on the back of its uh, performance. Yeah, and uh, a few kind of things Mm -hmm. rearranged. Yeah, very conveniently. So, coming back to coming back topic, (laughs) (laughs) and still on space. Good. something that uh, one article on the BBC. Uh, calls it the world next door. The world next door, yeah. Which is the confirmed existence of a rocky exoplanet orbiting the nearest star to our solar system, which is yeah. Proxima Centauri. And the planet is Proxima B. Uh-huh, exactly. Oh, no, the I think... No, the, it's Proxima Centauri. The star is Proxima B, isn't it? Because it's a binary, I think. Proxima A. Uh-huh. Proxima B, isn't it? Um. Yeah, but they've established it's only like 4.2 light years away which in space terms is literally next door yeah um, right next door uh-huh. and i presume um well i read another article last week about there's now a lot of attention being paid to try and characterize uh, whether there is an atmosphere uh, be- uh-huh. because i think it's correct is the the sun that it's going round is a red it's a M dwarf. It's a small, yeah, it's a small, cool star, isn't it? Uh-huh. Yeah, it's a dwarf. So it is something like a thousand times less bright than our sun. Uh-huh. It is kind of more red. Yes. Um, and um, so this planet is probably closer to it. So the the habitable zone is much closer it's to It's closer the sun. because of this, yeah. But the only thing that may... Um, count against it is that it could be susceptible to flares coming from the sun, big radiation Uh storms and whatnot. But, you know, um, who knows? And we we talked about, I think, a few weeks ago about this potential, what's it called, space shot uh, Uh challenge. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Which is uh, backed by, uh, I think it's a Russian billionaire who I'm uh-huh. sure came across his money legitimately. I would never question that, obviously. Uh-huh. But he has put a, uh, or made available a huge investment to develop a 
some kind of space probe that can be accelerated up to something like 20% of the speed of light that could get to uh-huh. um, Alpha uh, Proxima Centauri in 10 years, I think it was. In 10 years. But the actual probe can only weigh something like three grams. Grams, yeah. And it's attached to some huge space sail that sail. is pushed uh-huh. by a gigantic a laser that we... St- Equally don't know how to build. <laughs> <laughs> but these are the challenges, right? But yeah. um but we could actually we could actually get to this star system in in a lifetime. Yeah. Uh, that would be interesting. It would be. Yeah, well probably won't be our life. Well, it might be yours, <laughs> but it won't be mine. Um Yeah, so it's interesting. One that we've identified a rocky planet. Two will and the next thing will be if it has uh-huh. some kind of atmosphere. <laughs> If yeah. we could characterise the atmosphere, clearly that would probably add to the um, impetus to actually try and make one of these space shot things mm-hmm. happen, wouldn't it? Yeah. Which would be fascinating. And another one related mm. to space, because there were a lot of things related to space. Space-type stuff. Yeah. Uh, now, Earth is not anymore a single moon planet. Oh, We have yeah. two. Yes. So, according to uh, NASA, mm. uh, a small asteroid that they put the name to be um, H03. Yeah. Actually, 2016 H03. Oh, yes. Has become trapped in Earth's orbit. Yes. And, although was in a very irregular way. Yeah. And it's uh, fairly small and insubstantial, but according to the people over NASA, it's going to be around for a while. And they've, they've not imaged it, have they? No, not yet. So it could be it could be the package we've been waiting for from, <laughs> from the future. From the or, future, yeah. Or from another civilization. Yeah. On the other hand, it could be a lump of rock. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Chances are it's a lump of rock. <laughs> uh, yeah, so... The interesting part is that they said that according to their calculations... Yeah. This asteroid, the 2016 H03, has been stable, quasi-satellite of Earth for almost a century. Fine. Amazing, right? Yeah. And how did it, How far does it go out of it? We don't know, do we? It's no. A, it's a, 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 an elliptical Yeah, an elliptical, orbit, yeah, but it's interesting, right? It's interesting. It'd be more interesting if they uh-huh. image it, right? Okay, now let's see what we have. Hmm. Um, you want to call the next one, Lens? Yeah. Okay. That's very interesting. The This is, I believe, a, a meta-material that uh, was announced in 2016. Uh-huh. Um, and it's um, basically a replace. It's um, an innovation. Uh, we all are familiar with glass lenses, obviously. Mm-hmm. They've been around for probably five or six hundred years. Mm-hmm. Um, and... We've kind of taken them as far as they can go, shall we say, with various clever tricks. Uh, but um, these scientists at uh, Harvard University have announced this flat lens, which they used um, paint whitener uh-huh. on glass. And it makes what they're calling a meta lens, mm-hmm. and it works in the visible spectrum, but it avoids the 
shortfalls of uh, glass lenses, which are called aberrations. So obviously, well, not obviously, but in a glass lens, there are all kinds of effects of the fact that it's curved Mm -hmm. and all the paths through it are not of equal length and all this stuff. Um, And, of course, there can be uh, uh, slight, shall we say, anomalies and errors in the glass, which cause problems. But this flat lens is free of all those things. Yeah, it's free. And what they're saying is this could be one on a large scale that would cost a fraction of, of a normal conventional lenses yeah. and could, um, they're saying um, it's typically about of a third sharper image um, and generally speaking it could revolutionise um, well, you can imagine any kind of imaging thing. So imagine cameras without yeah. without conventional glass lenses. They are saying that the quality of the images is, is better is much than better. any state-of-the-art objective existing lens nowadays. Yeah, so you can you can see clearly there there could well be a revolution in mm-hmm. imaging um, technology based around this kind of stuff, the yeah. flat lens. But the, this is this very interesting area of metamaterials, and yeah. it is a fascinating thing. We're going to see more of that, mm-hmm. I think. Also during 2016, uh, it was possible to turn carbon emissions to stone. Yeah. And it this was interesting. It was very interesting that they um, they pull the carbon out of atmospheric uh-huh. air, um, and what they did was they dissolved the atmospheric carbon in water and then pumped it into an underground well in Iceland, in this case. Uh-huh. Now, of course, Iceland, because it's volcanic, uh, it's kind of substrate... There's yeah. a lot of balsal- balsaltic, basaltic minerals basaltic, yeah. making up the the uh, foundations of the of the continent or the island, whatever it is. And what they found was that over a couple of years, they trapped um, carbon, which was dissolved in uh, water, actually went through a chemical reaction, and actually became solid, mm-hmm. almost kind of like became stone. Yeah, which is actually an amazing development mm-hmm. because the, I know in the past there's been a lot of controversy about it's all very well pumping captured carbon into these deep kind of um, storage um, kind of stratas. Yeah. But what if it comes back out again? <laughs> Whereas obviously if you can actually... Yeah. Um, store it in such a way as it actually becomes solid over a fairly short period, mm-hmm. and it is properly locked up. Right? It yeah. can't. It can't come back out again, which is uh, a very interesting development. I think. Mm-hmm. So, what else we have? What um, else have we got? We have so much to pick from. We're trying to cherry pick. Yeah, we're trying to just pick fast yeah, here. There's probably a hidden cognitive bias. This, this one was interesting it. because I didn't know about it. No, I didn't know about it either. The oldest vertebrate on Earth. I know. So, it's we're talking about a Greenland, Greenland shark. shark, which is a deep sea swimmer and can live up to 400 years. It's incredible. Now, uh, the new study published this year in Science... 
uh, as a radiocarbon data analysis of 28 fe uh, female Greenland sharks showed that these uh, animals are by far the longest lived vertebrates on the planet. Yeah. With the oldest individual falling somewhere between 272 and 512 years of age. That is incredible. Imagine living 512 years. But I imagine it says, obviously, the report says that it is a deep sea animal. And of uh -huh. course, as you go further down, the metabolisms slow down, don't they? Should, yeah. this is Well, this is the general uh -huh. case that yeah. because it's a low-energy environment, mm -hmm. um, that generally speaking, the the metabolisms... Oh, there you go. Yeah. It actually says it there, doesn't it? It has an extremely low-key metabolism resulting in slow growth. And, and yeah, somebody was yeah. saying that uh, actually it seems that the, they come into kind of a cryogenic state, yeah. practically. <laughs> Literally frozen <laughs> you know being so cold and yeah. so many there's no light practically yeah so they move quite slowly they, uh -huh. they don't rush around yeah and obviously the whole metabolism is slower but nevertheless living 500 years if that's possible is um, uh, quite something right yeah yeah that is amazing let's so, see so what else Stem, stem cells uh, safely yes. heal stroke patients. Yes, that was, that was interesting, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, a small trial where they uh, use uh, stem cells to help uh, chronic stroke patients and they actually saw improvements. So they had permanently lost a motor skill uh -huh. and they saw substantial improvements, yeah. including people in wheelchairs being able to walk again. And there mm -hmm. were no serious side effects. I mean, that I find this kind of stuff really fascinating. Mm -hmm. All these gene therapies and uh, which that's another of the news. The CRISPR. Oh, the, well, the CRISPR is an amazing. Yeah. And actually, I was actually reading this weekend about another. You know, um, there's all this controversy about GM and how obviously there are pressure groups. Yeah. don't want GM crops to be grown and into the food chain because they say it's not been tested enough. There's, an, there's actually an interesting kind of branch along this line, uh -huh. which is uh, crops that have not been genetically modified, that is, they've not had anything uh -huh. added, which is what gene modification is. They've just had things removed which mm. they're calling gene editing. Uh -huh. And I suspect it's actually related to this CRISPR thing. Uh, yeah. So these these n new types of crops, they are removing susceptibilities rather than adding capabilities. Uh -huh. well, which makes you think, what would the GM crowd make of that? Mm -hmm. You know, because they're... Well, actually, the big news about the CRISPR mm. uh, technique is that uh, last year... It was the first time that was used on humans. Yeah. And some Chinese scientists uh, used it to treat a patient for the very first time. And do we know what the success of that was? It was for presumably some chronic condition. Mm -hmm. The patient was suffering from uh, aggressive lung cancer. Ah. 
and the science removed immune cells from his blood using CRISPR to mm. knock out a gene that cancer can exploit to spread even faster right. and reintroduce the modified cells back into the patient. Mm. So it's hoped that the edited cells will help the patient to defeat cancer, although the results of the trial have not been fully disclosed. Right, haven't been fully disclosed. Because I read an article about a child who was three or six uh-huh. very recently who was given a similar treatment. This child had, um, what is it, uh, cancer of the blood, what is that called? Um, leukemia. Leukemia. It had a very aggressive form, mm-hmm. and it was uh, basically terminal. Mm-hmm. And uh, it was actually a British girl, I think. Uh-huh. And um, they ran out of treatment options in the UK, and her mother didn't want to give up and actually found a trial that I think was going on at Harvard, Harvard University. Uh-huh. And they raised, did a crowdfunding thing and raised money to send her there. And uh, they took blood from the young child, girl, mm-hmm. three or six years old, um, basically re-educated the white blood cells to recognise the yeah. um, blood cancer, uh, kind of concentrated it and then reintroduced it and it was something like two weeks after it being reintroduced she was tested for presence of uh, the disease mm-hmm. and and it had gone and that's in the last two months yeah and i i, I mean this is a startling future we're moving towards isn't it yeah Pro- probably that uh, would lead to it's prolonged of, life because we're yeah. starting to fix a lot of... Well, cancer is the main... If Obviously, this was an exception in that it was a, a young person, but cancer is the main... Uh, one of the main killers, obviously, mm-hmm. of old, in old age. You've got to die of something, right? Yeah. And as we get older, we get more and more transcription errors in our cell reproduction replacement. Mm-hmm. And then eventually you get cancer or whatever. And, and that's the end of that. So presumably, uh, as these treatments develop, um, mm-hmm. that will be pushed back because they'll be able to potentially at some point, you'll be able to either pop a pill or something Yeah, and it'll, I actually believe that it will be cheaper for governments to give you life extension treatments than it will to actually provide care. Care, of it's course. It's going to be cheaper, right? Yeah, totally. Because you've got a citizen who can look after themselves rather than requiring 10 people to keep them alive with a very <laughs> low quality of life. True, yeah. So I, I actually think there's probably a lot of uh, push behind these kinds of mm-hmm. therapies. We also have this uh, Google's uh, DeepMind oh, yes. AI yeah. that uh, was able to beat one of the world's top players of, uh, of Go. Of Go. Yeah. And Go is meant to be like a thousand times more complex or a thousand times more potential moves uh-huh. uh, or a scale of a thousand than chess. Than chess, yeah. So for it to win, I think the world champion gave up or something, didn't he? Yeah, and, uh, he only won one game. Uh huh. Um, interestingly, I read another thing about Google uh-huh. um, that their translation product 
Oh, yeah. That um, the researchers who, who are heavily involved in their translation products have determined that the AI core or engine, shall we say, mm-hmm. has actually evolved its own proto-language that allows yeah, exactly. it to link to different languages. Yeah. the languages. Um, now, there's some people are disputing that that's what it's done, uh-huh. um, but there are other people saying, no, that is what it's done, and it did it on its own. Yeah, nobody teach the AI to do it. Really. It's, you know, I don't know who to believe, but um, obviously, again, the direction of travel... With AI, I mean, it's estimated that by mm-hmm. um, 2030 or something, 40% of currently semi-skilled repetitive jobs will be replaced mm-hmm. by an AI. And in fact, I'm, I, I'm already aware of in the US, um, law firms can lease an AI product, software product, that does a lot of the mundane work that goes on in law firms yeah. more, more efficiently quicker, they don't complain, and they don't need time off, right? Mm-hmm. And I do wonder whether we are facing a future of mass unemployment, right? Well, who knows? Especially, well, maybe this would be linked to the fact that, for example, Finland started the first trial yeah. for the universal income that's right, because there's going to have to be evolution yes. of, of the deal, the social contract. We cannot, we cannot see this anymore as a normal, no. like an old-time society. Go out and getting a job. and Yeah. If, you can't, if there are no jobs, what are you supposed to do? Remember right. that the, one of the main concepts about the universal income mm. is that uh, because you're getting paid or you have a, the right for a certain sum of money, yeah. uh, would make humans start to try to invent new things, develop themselves more. Yeah. Well. In all areas, instead of uh, worry about your work and if, getting the money to eat, to survive. If, if you look at what life has become in this capitalistic-driven world that we live in, yeah, everybody spends most of their time trying to actually survive economically. Yeah, exactly. So there's very little time to be creative. Right? Mm-hmm. So as you say, if there's a uh, an evolution in this uh, model, the arrangement between the governments and their citizens, as you say, maybe there will be a new renaissance. Right? Exactly. More people, Im- imagine that right, right now the percentage of people... Mm. That can be dedicated to innovate, to be yeah. creative, is very few. It's very compared few. to the population of the world. Well, certainly the people who can be innovative, who don't have to worry about exactly. paying the bills. Right? Uh-huh. Because they have to work a shift in the morning and a shift in the night. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so, it, as we're saying, it, it could lead to a burst of creativity, couldn't it? Uh-huh. Which the world could do. It. It's very interesting to try to follow what's happening in Finland with this experiment. Because hmm. it's only just started in the last few months, I think. Uh, like a month ago. And it's actually not the whole of Finland. It's, I believe it's, it's a region. It's one city. Yeah. Uh-huh. One city or region, I don't remember. Yeah, it's either exactly. a region or a city. Yeah. It's a very, very interesting experiment. And I'm sure 
a lot of governments around the globe will be watching yeah. it very closely. I remember that once I had the discussion with a mutual friend, mm-hmm. Kiran, from India, mm-hmm. and saying that they also tried this experiment in one of the cities. I think you And that actually was that. very successful. Yeah. So it seems to be a really, you know... Interesting idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because what we were talking about was obviously, um, as I was mentioning before the program, mm-hmm. that if you have mass unemployment because of the forward march of AI, which mm-hmm. is inevitable, yeah. right? not only in robotic assembly, but in many um, what are currently either semi-skilled or even skilled jobs that involve repetition. Um, if we are entering a period of mass unemployment, there's going to have to be a a rethink of the social contract between the citizens and states, governments. I mean, governments represent the state, but um, again, if you're a manufacturer of widgets, but people are not earning money because they have no jobs because there's mm-hmm. no who's going to buy your widgets we can't all be exporting stuff to each other <laughs> yeah. if there's mass unemployment on a global scale well it's certainly a change in society absolutely a whole it's, change and it's probably heading towards we're heading towards it faster than probably mm-hmm. our stupid governments uh, estimate yeah as usual mm-hmm. so i'm sure it will be a catastrophe so yeah well I think we finished with this. Uh, yeah, I'm exhausted. And giving you the idea of uh, universal income. And revolution. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Not necessarily with... Uh, with like a quiet revolution. Forks and torches, but... Yeah, yeah. pitchforks and uh-huh. uh, <laughs> baseball bats. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure it can be done in a um, civilized way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, it's never happened before, but you never know. Uh-huh. Okay, thank you, Carl. Thank you, Rafa. It's very interesting. Uh, remember to get in touch with us. You mm. can use uh, on Facebook, on Twitter, whatever you want. Send us a message, send us some feedback. And next time we'll be back to uh, more kind of structured. Yes, the usual stuff. structure of the show with some topics, new yes, topics. The usual mixture. Mm-hmm. We have been uh, preparing We've a been... set of. Yes, and we've been trying to let go of 2016. Yeah. I think we have to... This is it. Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. See you next week. Down the rabbit hole. Bye. All names, sounds, logos, and other related items are owned by their respective trademark and copyright holders. This podcast is a production of Dark Mind Radio. Go to darkmindradio.com to find out more. All rights reserved... Dark Mind Radio 2016